Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Anyway, we begin a brand new theme this month, the month of March. We're coming toward uh, Easter in April, April 17th. That's coming up quick. We'll be making some really big announcements of some things, uh, exciting plans for the children and stuff we want to do for Easter. We'll tell you that uh, coming up soon, probably next week or the week after. But we begin a brand new theme called Live Wire. Live Wire, and we'll uh, kind of explain that as we go along. This all came out of a verse that popped up in my heart from the Message Bible, and I want to use it as my uh, main text for this week anyway. Philippians chapter 2, in the middle of verse 12 from the message, it says this, be energetic in your life of salvation. I could preach on that the whole rest of the time. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God, for that energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go out into this world uncorrupted. A breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night. One of the most common things people have been chatting about and everybody's been asking, so what do, we, you know, what do you think of Ukraine and what's going on with Russia and is this the end times and, and all that stuff? Let me tell you something. The Bible says, Jesus said that we'll have wars and rumors of wars, but these things are not the sign of the end. But this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness and then the end shall come. The greatest sign of Jesus' return is not what's happening in the world. It's what's happening in the church. Because when we do our job and get back there and, and carry the light-giving message into the night, into the dark seasons of this world, that's when more will know him. That's when revival hits. And that's when we can look for the coming of the Lord. Say Amen. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27 says this way, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Where the anointing of God is, burdens are lifted and harnesses of limitation are destroyed. Let's pray one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart today? Would you come and lift the burdens off of your people? Would you come today and destroy the yokes and harnesses of limitation? Fill us, Holy Spirit, and carry us into this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Live wire. This month we're going to be talking about this spirit-filled life. And I feel to jump off of last week when we talked about the inner fire, the inner life we talked about with Timothy. I like the phrase live wire. The, um, 
Thesaurus says that the, a live wire is an energetic person, a ball of fire, a fireball, human dynamo, a busy bee, an eager beaver, a go-getter, a whiz kid, a mover and shaker, a powerhouse, the life of the party. And my friends, that describes the calling of God's church really, really well. In our generation, we need some people to be live wires. We need some people to be powerhouses and movers and shakers in our world with the life of God. There's so much darkness out there, so much discouragement, so much fear, but our God is alive and he's not religious. He's not trying to put more burdens on you of more religious stuff to do. He's trying to give you life-giving, light-carrying messages to be a torch out in this world. The question today becomes then, how much energy do you invest in your own spirit? How much energy do you invest in your own spiritual growth and development? You know, coming through the past couple of years of COVID this and COVID that, we're on the anniversary of it coming up, where we shut everything down two years ago, <clears throat> it's become very apparent to me that all of the battles we've faced and coping mechanisms we've used have left many people in their own sort of personal energy crisis. I'm tired may have always been a thing. But the fact is we live in a moment of time in a day when you could actually sit down in an easy chair all day long, not really accomplish anything of value, yet feel exhausted from all the mental stress and sheer exertion of your soul in dealing with what's going on around us. You know, your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your, and your imagination. So when I talk about energy here, I want you to know, I'm not talking about new age auras and, oh, you got good energy. Oh, I love your vibe. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God's energy working in your spirit to produce life wherever you go. You say, what if something bad happens? Life wherever you go, whenever you go there. You carry the life of God. The word life in the, in the New Testament is the Greek word zoe, Z-O-E, zoe, zoe, the life of God. It's the kind of life God lives. How many know God is living a life today and he's not nervous about it? God's not going, oh boy, what am I gonna do with Vladimir? What am I gonna do? Oh no. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. God is gonna move through it and in spite of it. I love what Pastor Tristan did a few weeks ago when he called Pastor Tristan up on the platform and he said, God speaks through you to the generations that are gonna come through you. That's exactly what he's doing through the church now for the rest of the world. He's speaking to us when the world can't hear. The Bible says that, that people that don't know the Lord are spiritually blind and spiritually deaf. And they're groping in the darkness, trying to make sense of things that will never make sense. Let it never be said of the church of Jesus that we're trying to just calculate everything by logic. It's not, it's what we do in following God is not always logical. In fact, sometimes it's illogical. But it's okay because we're not led by the calculations of A, B, C, or one, two, three. We're calculating, we're, we're living by the spirit of God who can 
unction you to move this way or that way to keep you safe in a given moment. The Holy Spirit dwells within every believer who receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. However, there is another layer of surrender to be completely sold out to do the works of Jesus, to be his hands and feet to the world, to be his witnesses in power. One of the verses that changed my life in 1986 was Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you shall receive power. The word is dunamis, miracle working power and ability. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When that verse hit me in 1986, that verse hit me like that was to me. Not just to us as the body of Christ, but God said to me, you shall receive power. You shall go to the nations. You shall carry the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you and you shall be a witness. You know, the word energy, I learned in science class in seventh grade, didn't pay much attention in science class, but I listened to this. Energy is defined in science as the measurement of the ability or capacity to do work. The measurement of the ability or capacity to do work. When something is energized, it is a working energy. It is an empowerment for work. It is a working energy. There's nothing like the energy of God flowing through the believer. There's a superhuman energy that is available to every born again child of God. We call it the anointing. Some of you heard that term and some of you are newer to this kind of church and this kind of life. But we call it the anointing. The anointing is not some it thing. It's in the person and power of the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ. And I submit to you that his power flowing through us is more than we've understood and more than we've ever acted upon. It's more than an adrenaline rush, although it affects your adrenaline. The anointing is experiencing the actual partnership with the Holy Spirit, complete with his guidance, his strength, his wisdom and ability, and most important, his manifested presence and power in your earthly life. That he partners with you to get through what you're going through. And he comes upon you, especially at times when you need comfort, but not the kind of comfort that, lets you, that just lets you settle in, but a comfort that empowers you to go comfort somebody else. So the Bible says, the word in the New Testament, energia, from which we get the word energy is translated in other places. Some places in the Bible is translated as, as energy. Other places it's translated as working or workings. Or in James 5, where it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The word, the phrase effectual and fervent is the word energy. Is your life fervent? Is your life effectual and fervent? Do you have the fire, the passion? When the Pharisees came to Jesus to set him up with a trap of questions, they said, what's the most important thing? What's the most important law of all the laws in the Old Testament? What's the most important? Jesus said, oh, that's easy. 
Love the Lord your God with most of your heart. That was us? 90%. 95%. Do your best. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your passion, all your strength. Love him. Love him. And the only way you can love him that way is to be a reflector of his love for you. You are a mirror of his love for you because it just bounces off. It's not something that ever emanates from us. It always emanates from him. These mighty works of God, <clears throat> pardon me, are crucial to our witness of Jesus, our witness of Christ. And by the way, when the, when the Bible uses the term Christ, it's not Jesus' title, and it wasn't Jesus' last name. Christ means the Messiah, the anointed one. When Jesus said to the disciples, okay, who's everybody say that I am? He go, well, they said, you, you know, they think you're this, they think you're reincarnation of something, Elijah or John the Baptist, you're this, you're that, you're Jesus then, then turned to them and said, who do you say that I am? And only Peter spoke up and said, you're the Christ. You're the anointed messenger of God that we've been waiting for. You are the anointed power from God. You are the anointed one. We are witnesses. And the Bible says in Colossians that the hope of the world, listen, <clears throat> Christ in you is the hope of glory. Not Christ in you is the hope of going to heaven one day. The hope of God's glorious light and power touching someone else in this world, the only hope for it is Christ. And it's not just Christ in us. It's Christ in you and you and you and you and you and you. Christ in you is the only hope for this world. And the problem is a lot of times we don't even understand what that means. I love what Creflo Dollar said years ago that, that Christian, every time the Bible talks about Christians or Christ, it's talking about the anointed one and his anointing. Listen, when they called them, when they called the first believers Christians, they were saying they were little anointed ones. They were, the, they were an extension, an expression of Jesus carrying his power. In John 14, Jesus told us how crucial his energetic works are, how crucial witnesses of his power in this world. John 14, verse 10, Jesus said, do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Hear that? There's always a connection in God between his word and his works. Word and works. So Jesus said, he said, the, the words that I speak to you, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works, does what he does. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. 
In other words, Jesus said, if I can't work miracles, then you don't have to believe. If I'm not supernatural, then you don't have to believe. He based it all. And then he said this, verse 12, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. My friends, God's wonder-working power is still at work in you and has been deposited in you and me to make a difference in this world. Not just to make a difference logically, but to make a difference. The Bible says that you're always to be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in you. That means, number one, there's got to be hope in you. And number two, you've got to be ready to point to the reason for it because Jesus is alive. He reigns. What do we say to all these things going on in the world? Pandemics and wars. Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns. He's alive. He's not asleep. He's not taking a day off. He's not closed his eyes and his heart toward us. He's still working. He's still working wonderful works even when we don't see it. You know, there's a time when we started this church when people collected certain anointings. Most of you won't remember it, but a lot of people back in the 80s and early 90s would go to conferences. Christians would go to conferences and meetings all the time to receive gifts and impartations from famous preachers. Can't tell you how many times people came and said, Pastor, I went to this meeting and I received this person's anointing. And I went to this person and this person prayed and they imparted their anointing. I'm anointed now. I'm anointed by God. And I'd say, great, what are you going to do? Well, like a big game hunter would put trophies on his walls. People would collect the anointings of the famous. But the anointing of the Holy Spirit doesn't come on you for the purpose of making you look like a faith-filled spiritual giant in front of your friends. The anointing only comes upon those who will actually do the works of Jesus. That was a little bit less of an amen than I expected. Let me say it this way. You only need a healing anointing if you're gonna pray for sick people. Okay? So I had people come say, I went to Benny Hinn's meeting 10 times and I received his healing anointing. It's that feel burning in my hands sometimes when the anointing comes. I feel the presence of God. I say, great, who have you prayed for? Well, I'm, I'm waiting for something. Lightning. An unction. But if you've got to tell me what to do, my friend, if you've got a healing anointing, go put your hands on as many sick people as you can. <laughs> but you don't need a healing anointing to come tell the pastor or anybody else. I sat under Benny in three and a half years. It didn't give me anything more than I had except an impartation of the hunger to go after more. Amen? I received an impartation, don't get me wrong. But, I, but what I did with that impartation is I pray for sick people. 
but I don't go around and crow about what I received when R.W. Shambach came here years ago or different people we've had come into this church over the years. Impartation of anointing is for effective working. It is for... Energy is the ability to do work. The anointing is the empowerment to do the works of Jesus. Man, I wish I'd written that down. Please somebody remind me that during between services. That's a powerful statement right there. I don't even remember what it was. There's no need for a deliverance in order to cast out demons if you're never gonna set the captives free. You know what most people have the anointing for that they don't even use? The bringing anointing. The Bible says Andrew brought his brother to Jesus. Simon became Peter, and Peter brought a lot of people to Jesus. Remember hearing the story years ago when this evangelist Back in the 20s, the 1920s, 100 years ago, went to preach in a little town in North Carolina, <clears throat> preached for like three, think three weeks in a tent revival, and not one person got saved till the very end. And one young boy came up and received Jesus, and Mordecai Ham led this young man to God probably disappointed that only one got saved. But that boy's name was Billy Graham. And that boy went on to become a world shaker, a world changer, a mover and shaker, a live wire. My friends, the power of God is invested in you. What are you doing? When other people are hurting, what are you doing with your anointing? What are you doing with the power of God working in your life? A bringing anointing will come upon you if you're simply willing, able, and available to bring others to church. Be a bringer. One of the most important anointings as we rebuild coming out of the COVID crisis, one of the most important anointings you need in your life and I need in my life is a bringing anointing where you meet somebody and, and they're a little bit open or whatever else and you say, hey, come to church with me. I Listen, I'm not gonna announce Easter, all the Easter stuff. We've, we're working behind the scenes on a lot of stuff in, for six weeks from now. It's only six weeks. In my spirit, I feel like this Easter is a huge opportunity for the body of Christ. Because there are people right now, if you're talking about world, the world in trouble following a worldwide pandemic, people already have questions, okay? But now you add this on top of it and some people are seriously freaking out. In fact, a lot of people whose grandparents might have been raised in the church and raised their kids or grandkids in the church and told them Jesus is coming. Some of them are going right now, where is he? And what do I do to get to know him? My friends, there are people that said they were atheists or agnostics two years ago going into COVID, that today are a little more open than they've ever been. But we're assuming that they're closed. Remember Jesus said, 
Open your eyes. Look under the fields. For they're ripe unto harvest. Don't say 40 days. Look at the fields now. The harvest is plentiful. What's in short supply? Laborers. People that will actually take the presence of God in them, on them, through them, and use it to help somebody else that doesn't know God. That's what we need to pray for. That's what we need to become the answer for. The laborers. The harvest is plentiful. See, we go, well, that person, mm, they, I think they told me one time they hate Christians, so I'm not going to invite them to church. And, and that guy right there, well, he's just always in a bad mood. I'm not going to talk to him. Oh, that guy, I know he's not open. We pre-qualify people in our own brains. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that with us? I, I said a few weeks ago, and I'll say it again. The day that I gave my life to Jesus, I probably looked as closed off and as stubborn and hard-hearted as anybody could be. And if people looked at my life and said, that guy is, is, is close to the gospel. But that night, I cried out to God and said, Jesus, if you're real, if this is real, I can't do the fake, I can't do the religion thing. But if you're real, show me. And he did. We pre-qualify people all the time. Ultimately, I think we get nervous. What are, what's somebody gonna think of me if, they, if I invite them to church and they don't come or they're closed off, whatever. It doesn't matter how we look. If only we will step out in faith with what the word says at any given moment. We always say this way, you can't steer a parked car. If you got, if you got a, a car in park, even if you put it in neutral, that steering wheel is locked up. You can't even steer it. You can't even do it. It's got to be in drive. It's got to be moving forward or backward to steer the thing. Some of you remember the Energizer Bunny commercials. Keep going and going. Started out. Then a few years ago, still going. My friends, your batteries are included in your salvation. Your batteries are included. Now, <clears throat> you, don't have to, you don't have to activate them. You don't have to surrender at that next layer and level. But it's the best thing in life. It's the thing that you were looking for when you were used to party and try to get that feeling, try to get that, that, try to get that high. Let me tell you something, that's the counterfeit, the real deal. What you're searching for is your spirit is looking for the ecstasies and intimacies with the glory of God. Your spirit is looking for a fresh filling. God wants to empower you. And then he wants to re-empower you. I made a dumb mistake a few years ago and I invested a couple hundred bucks in a kinetic watch. You know, kinetic watches, they were the ones that was, a, I, I forget, mine was a, a specialty. It was really nice looking. It was, you know, really looked sharp. 
it was a Movado or something, very nice. Kinetic <clears throat> meant that as long as it's moving, it'll self-wind. The problem is I used to like watches before I just got one watch that I never take off. And I have this nice collection of watches, but that one, if it sat in the drawer for more than a day, it was dead. It didn't tell me the time. It didn't help me. And so, so I, bought, I went to it back when they had sharper image in the Mall of Millennia. I went there and I got a, a, a little contraption that would keep that watch moving. It would shake it. That was great. Till the batteries ran out in the thing that shook it. It was horrible. It was worthless and never kept the right time. And the point is this, Christ followers who never do anything with their faith are losing energy. And they're saying, I'm too tired. I'm too tired to go to church. I'm too tired to come to couples having coffee. I'm just tired. You know, the cure for tired, motion, <laughs> move. Get up off your blessed assurance and move. Get up and move. How do you do that? One foot in front of the other. Well, I might be a little slow. That's okay, it gets easier. When you get older, sometimes the hardest part is getting up, okay? But when you get moving, everything starts, you start juicing the joints and moving and it helps, you feel better. People who never do anything with their faith are losing energy and they become drainers to other people's energy. Black hole of death. Needy. Constantly needy. Victims of all the world has to offer. But if you'll do something with your faith beyond your own strength. See, this is, not, this is not about, when I'm talking about the energy, I'm not talking about just your energy. I'm talking about you supplying your energy and God puts his energy in it, mixes it up, and suddenly you're empowered. I dare you to take the anointing of God out for a spin. I dare you to let the Holy Spirit fill you and lead you afresh in supernatural ways. One of the greatest things we had, when we had our Bible school for nine years, one of the greatest things we have, and I see some of our graduates in the room, one of the greatest things we had, we, the final exam was called Mission Possible. And we sent people in groups of two or three into Gainesville. And we had a church that worked with us up there as our base of operations. This is before everybody had a cell phone. We sent each team out with a quarter. Back then you could find a payphone and you could call. <clears throat> they could check in. And they had a series of, what was it, Jeannie, 20 or 30 things? You remember that? Do you remember some of those things, Pastor Lindsay? 20 or 30 things we did. And you had to, you had to, you had to, you had to go out to the common area and stand up and preach. You had to believe for a word of knowledge that would help somebody supernaturally. 
You had to find someone who was sick or injured and pray for them, pray healing. We had like 20 or 30 things you had to do and you had all day to do it. And then the other part was, all we allowed you to have was for that team was a quarter. You had to believe for two meals. However, you found the way. We had people, I I just had somebody uh, tell me a few months ago that her team, uh, I ran into her, talked to her. She said her team went to this, they're walking down the street, they hadn't had their second meal yet, and they're walking down, and they said they saw lights on in one of the buildings at University of Florida, and they went to where the light was, and somebody said, are you here to help clean? And they said, yes, we are, because part of the thing is you have to find a way to serve. So they said, yeah, we're here to help clean. They said, well, before you clean up after all this event we had, we got all this food left, please help yourself. And they had a feast. She said, I never ate so good. Trust in God. The whole point of that exercise was when you finished that day and you saw God come through, moment after moment after moment, supernaturally, you'd never be the same again. You'd never ever be the same again. Because if you can do, if you can do that, then you can do this. Right? If I, if I, could, if I can jump... If I, can, if, I could, if I could get a running start and leap from here and jump all the way to that keyboard over there, then, and you saw me do it, if, you could, if I could do that, I could certainly jump from here to there, right? The problem is we get ourselves all tangled up in what's going on in our lives and our minds. Place an expectation for the wonderful works of God in your life. I'll close with a couple more things. How to recognize the genuine anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is different than human charisma. The word charisma may mean spiritual gifts, and that's the meaning of the word charisma in Greek, spiritual gifts. But the problem is this, charisma, someone's dynamic, human dynamic, may motivate you. But the anointing brings revelation knowledge that truly inspires you into action and the truth. Lance Walnow says this, When someone is preaching or teaching under the genuine anointing of the Holy Spirit, there is a quickening effect. Your spiritual eyes and ears will be opened in some way. A flood of ahas will cascade from your head to your heart. You'll want to take notes or buy the message because the subject seems to just open up to you. That's the way I feel when I hear anointed preaching. Somehow it's to me. Somehow God is speaking to me And in that moment, what am I to receive? How do I hear that? The proof of the anointing. The anointing destroys ungodly harnesses of limitation, yokes, and lifts off the heavy burdens of bondage and religiosity. Where the anointing moves, there's fruit. And that fruit is not all these exterior things. It is changed lives. People helped. It's time to embrace a more passionate expression of faith. That's where the joy is. My words for this year, activate, accelerate, and materialize the kingdom on earth. And I believe that's the opportunity we have even with Ukraine right now. We pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
This is our moment to see that happen, to be part of it, to do something, to go beyond where we've been before. Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit mobilizes the church into action. Whether you realize it or not, we're good to be around during a crisis. If you're around believers, you're in a much better place than you are if you're around a bunch of scared people. The Bible says, woe to him is alone when he falters. You're not alone. If you're in this kingdom, if you're in this church, you're in a good place because we're on the move. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Holy Spirit, would you come today and fill people afresh? Holy Spirit, would you come and move in your anointing, in your presence, in your power? Would you come, Holy Spirit? We need you now. We sing that song about needing you. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need a fresh anointing, a fresh touch. If you're here today, or maybe you're watching right now, connecting with us online, do something by faith. If you're here today, say, Pastor, I need a fresh anointing. I'm not, I'm not making just a salvation call right now. I'm saying you need juice for your joints. You need motion. You need wisdom, you need guidance, you need strength, you need the power of God. And you're not ashamed to say, I need more of the power of God. I want you to put both your hands in the air and just say right now, Jesus, come and fill me. Fill me fresh with your Holy Spirit. Breathe on me. Change me from the inside. Let boldness be my hallmark. Help me to live for you. Anoint me to help others, to be a bringer, to be, to be a blessing, and fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you meant that, listen, receiving Jesus is the first place, but if you receive Jesus, Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is this immersion. It's, these, it's this being placed into and enveloped with the presence and the person and the power of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit of Jesus. Don't be afraid of the anointing. Don't be afraid of the wonderful works of God. He wants to move through you. Step out into your flow of salvation this week and give Jesus your everything. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.